all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello, hello, hello. I appreciate that introduction. Once again, my boo, Princess Nemo Fu. All righty. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host for Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Hello. God bless you all. I appreciate, appreciate you all tuning in to my podcast. Now, I'm going to get into something. I want you to hear this outstanding sermon by one of my teachers uh, who I've not met personally, but I got a lot of uh, information and I learned a lot uh, from him and some of his teachings. His name is Pastor Richard Jordan. And uh, let me give you of what's going to go on now. This is 2023, New Year's. A lot of us have struggled with doubts. A lot of believers have questions. A lot of Christians have questions. Christians do doubt God. Not to, to the extreme that they forsake them, I'm talking about real believers, not churchgoers. I'm talking about real believers, the ones that's really in one in Christ, in the body of Christ, Christians, believers, the new creation, the new creatures. We doubt. We worry. We question. We struggle with certain sins and certain habits. Some of us run more than others. We struggle with certain things, and then we, it brings doubt it brings fear. Fear going to bring doubt. Doubt brings fear. Period. Doubt brings fear. And sometimes we want to question what's going on. Is God really around? Not if not do God exist. But did I read the scriptures wrong? Did God really say this? Is God really around? What's going on? Sometimes we have those questions. Why do I have to suffer? Why do this? Why do that? Christians, believers, not only the world, but Christians, believers of the body of Christ have those questions. And it's okay because we're still in the flesh. It's still things we don't understand. We're still in the gray area. So we still have those questions. We might not tell nobody else or say it out loud, but within ourselves, we don't even ask God sometimes, but these feelings happen why do I still get sick? Why do I struggle with this? Why do I look this way? Why I feel lonely? Why I'm so caught up in this 
pitiful, perverted, sinful habit or whatever, whatever, whatever struggles that we have, we're going to have them. Okay. So where I'm going with this, I know many have struggled, even lost loved ones in 2022, lost close family members in 2022, and they're wondering why they feel lonely. They miss that person. And it's a real feeling. It's okay. God understands. But what do we do? How do we get stronger? How do we get out of this fear, worry, struggles with sin? And I'm talking to the saved person now. I'm talking to the saved person. If you are not saved, you're listening to this. I know that you struggle with these things too. This message, you could take it with the grain of salt and listen to it yourself. Okay, because I know you struggle too, but I'm just I'm not leaving you out. But this is just addressing the people in church. The reason I want the unbeliever to listen to this because they need to understand that we as believers and Christians, if we are honest, we struggle sometimes just as much as you do. That's not saved. You heard the song and dance that if you save, all the problems go away and all you got to do is believe God and this will happen and that would happen and this would happen and God will move this way. He will move mountains like he done in some of the patriots and people in the Bible. And you say to yourself, I don't see that. That's never happened to me. I always hear from somebody else and somebody else's testimony. You ever had those questions and doubts as a believer and an unbeliever? Unbelievers do not want to go to church. They don't want to get saved because they see the hypocrisy so many times and the believers. And the believers mislead, mislead a lot of unbelievers by telling them, all you need to do is get saved and your issues will vanish, go away. Both sides are wrong. True, the unbeliever must be saved. He needs that assurance. He needs that insurance. He needs that protection. He needs his spirit renewed, or the Bible says in the King James, quickened. But what I want to do now, there is ways, and I'm putting myself in here big time because I struggle with certain thoughts and struggle with certain doubts sometimes. Myself, a lot of us do. And the best thing how to get through this, first of all, you have to be honest with yourself. God already knows, but you have to be honest with yourself. Okay? Sometimes your scars need to show. All right? So what I want to do now for the ones that's struggling, the ones that's struggling with doubt, they hurt, they lost loved ones, and they or they, they are doubting, they struggle with certain sins. This is for all of us. This message is for everybody. This message is for the saved, the unsaved, the theologian, the pastor, the evangelist that struggles or have doubts or question God. New believers, old believers, the unbeliever, maybe this will help you to understand and help you to get to want to get closer and understand and be saved. So I want you to listen to this message by Richard Jordan for Sherwood Bible Church. Uh, Sherwood Bible Church. Richard Jordan. It's not a hooping and hoppling. It's not a lot of hooping and hollering. I mean, I mean to say. It's not a lot of screaming at you and God is going to do this and all you have to do and you you weak because you don't have no faith and you a baby and all. No, it's just spoon fed down to earth 
country because he's from uh, Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Bible teaching you about how to get through your struggles of doubts, your struggles of fear, your struggles of struggling with sin and habits, and your faith. So without further ado, I want you to listen to Richard Jordan. I'm going to give you about 30 minutes of it. I'm not going to play the whole uh, sermon, but I, then I'm going to make, I'm going to, at the end, and I'm going to end with that, uh, my opinion and what I have to say about it. And you come to your own conclusion. So without any further ado, I hope this lifts you up. Richard Jordan from Sherwood Bible Church, Pastor Richard Jordan. And the name of this uh, sermon is When Doubts Arise, Hope Dismays. Once again, the name of this sermon by Richard Jordan, Pastor Richard Jordan, When Doubts Arise, Hope Dismays. Okay, here we go. Romans 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with joy, all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. We've been looking at that verse now for a long time, and I, I want to spend a, a few weeks this summer looking at the issue of being filled with joy and peace in believing. It's the believing part, believing the whole, believing the, the, the truth about that, that allows God's word to fill you, control you with joy and peace. The joy and peace comes as a result of the believing. It's a joy, emotional life, the, the joy, uh, the peace, the, the, inner, the, the inner tranquility, the, the, the that's not, not tied to circumstances, but tied to who you are in the circumstances. The joy and peace, the, the, those emotional issues are, are, are the result of, of proper thinking and proper believing. Your emotions have no, they have no brains. They have no intellect. They're designed to respond to what you're thinking. And no matter what your, what your thinking process is, produces the emotions. So the emotions that you're experiencing come from the way you think. And when he talks about being filled with joy and peace, you can be filled with other things. Look back with me, if you will, to the book of Luke. We, we've looked at this uh, before. When you see that word filled, it's talking about being controlled by, ha having it fill up your life to the place that it just controls and dominates you. Uh, the disciples back in John chapter 5, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 5, they'd gone through some experiences here with, with, with the, the, the healing of the man. And verse number 26, they were, they were all amazed, John Luke 5, 26, and they glorified God and were filled with fear. In other words, fear, that's an emotion. Fear, fear and doubt, doubt and fear. Uh, when doubts arise and fear is dismay. Uh, fear is the most common companion of doubt. And they're filled, it, it, it grips them and it, and it just overwhelms them so they, they, they're not able to do anything else. Chapter 6, verse 11. They were filled with madness and communed one with another that they might what they might do to Jesus. When you're filled with madness, the idea of madness is you're angry. You're, you're, you're so consumed with anger and, and malice that it controls everything you do. To be filled with something, to be dominated by it. Look at John chapter 16. Now these are, I'm reading this verse because what these people are being filled with is, 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 is emotion. And it's really emotional revolt. Is their emotions take over and control their life instead of their thinking process. Their thinking produces some emotions. Now the emotions tell their thinking what to think because 
what your emotions do is when you think something that your emotions, that a, a happy emotion can respond to, or we like dominance, so fear and anger, hostility, those emotions come from certain thinking processes. They say those are good thinking processes. We like it. Think like that. When you think in a way that doesn't produce that emotion and you've allowed that emotion to become part of the way you want to operate, to get there, you have to have that thinking. So your emotions can validate the way you think and make you want to think a certain way so you have those emotions. That's how you get into that, that cycle of being controlled by your emotions and you can't get out of it. John chapter 16, verse number uh, six, Christ just told him he's going to die, going to go, to, going to go away, verse five. But now I go my way to him that sent me. This, this passage takes place the night before Christ dies. And he's talking to his disciples. Verse, I'm going to go away, back to, back, back to him that sent me, verse six. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your hearts. And one of the hardest emotions to, to deal with is the, the emotion of grief and sorrow and being overtaken by it. I want to do something this morning, just suffer a word of exhortation about these things, about being filled with joy and peace and believing, being controlled by joy and peace rather than fear and sorrow. Fear and sorrow, they, they tantalate your old man. And so your old man kind of likes to think ways that allow you to feel that you're not guilty, that you're not responsible. There, there, there are two kinds of doubt filled with joy and peace how in believing. The opposite of believing is doubt. There are two kinds of doubt, uh, basically. One is you doubt faith, the doctrine. People doubt. You come to, I'm talking about believers now, not just the world. But you come to a place where you wonder, I mean, is God real? I can't feel him, can't touch him. Is Jesus Christ really who he said he was? You, you, you come to a place where you think, do I really need to trust the Bible? I mean, I got these ideas I want to follow. And so you develop the, the things that, that look around you and, and you, you, you go that way. I, I, I heard a man give a testimony recently. He said the way he came to, to Christ was he was playing golf with a, a business associate. And the business associate was a believer. And he said, he, as they were going around playing golf on the cart, the guy asked him something about what he thought about, you know, God. And, and the guy said, I'm an atheist. And he said, his friend said, you're not an atheist, you're an idiot. <laughs> and you're arrogant about it. And he says, well, we didn't talk for two holes. But when we got back in the cart after two holes, I, I said, what do you mean I'm an idiot? He said, well, you just said you don't believe there's a God. You believe there's, there is no God. He said, you're not even smart enough to say you don't know. You claim to be omniscient and omnipotent. You claim you've been everywhere in the universe and have checked every corner of the universe and you've discovered there's no God out there. You've said you know everything. And he said, well, no. He said, well, that's what you said. If you, had a, if you weren't so arrogant, you'd just say, I don't know. I'm an agnostic. And I thought, and, and of course he went on to talk about how Okay, if you don't know, then would you like to know? Don't you think you ought to know? And not a question you need to know about. And as he began to you know, traverse through that, any honest person that does that 
will wind up understanding there is a God. There has to be a God because there's a creation. So we begin to doubt things like that. That's a doctrinal doubt. But the other kind of doubt is when you begin to doubt yourself. You begin to be disturbed about your own failures. I can't really live up to things. I can't really do it. The CNS gang, circumstances, situations come, and, and they, you say, I can't. Why is this happening? If I'm a believer, if I'm saved, how come this stuff's happening to me? And the fears of life and all those things where you're doubting yourself, your own security. There are times of trials that bring doubt. Disappointment in expectations is one of the things that causes believers to doubt. Let me get, I'll give me an illustration of that. Matthew chapter 11. This is one of the, one of the, one of the, I almost said weird. I don't, don't want to call John the Baptist weird, but there are some people in the Bible who do, do weird things. We're going to be studying Ezekiel on Wednesday night in a few weeks. We'll start. And when you watch, you see Ezekiel, he did some really weird things. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. You know that God told him to do. So there are some, there are some stranger than us people in Scripture. But John the Baptist, you know who John was. He was the 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 forerunner, the the, the herald announcing the Messiah. In John chapter number one, uh, if you get Matthew eleven, in John chapter one, when John is is identifying the Lord Jesus Christ as as the Messiah, he says in John chapter one verse number. 30 about Christ. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending, is he uh, and remaining on, on on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. God the Father sent John, gave him a direct revelation, and says, the one that you see the Spirit of God descending on, that's the Messiah. He sees him descend on the Lord Jesus Christ. John stands before his nation and says, he's the Messiah. I saw the Spirit. I heard from the Father. I know who he is. So there's no doubt, chapter 3, John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. John knew who he was. Then you come to Matthew 11. John's in jail. He's been put, in, been put in jail for preaching against Herod and his adulterous relationship. And John was a fearless preacher, but he's in jail. 
And it came to pass when Jesus had made a, in Matthew 11, end of the commandment of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now wait a minute. He knows who he is. The Father gave him the sign. He sees the mirror. He sees, he and he stands up, and he's been preaching all the time, and now he's in jail. And he says, hey, guys, go ask him, is he really the one? He doubts. What's going on? Now, why would he do that? Well, he had an expectation. He's preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here's the Messiah going to bring the kingdom. And what's happening? If I'm the herald of the king, what am I doing in jail? And the CNS gangs got him. And the circumstances, the situation he's in, contradict everything he'd been preaching about this one that's, that, that's there. So his circumstances and his disappointed expectations cause him to say, what? Are you really the one? And he's offended. Verse number four, watch what Christ does. Jesus answered and said unto them, go and show John again those things which you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Blessed is he whomsoever shall not be offended in me. Then he goes on and gives a testimony about the greatness of John. So Christ's answer, he doesn't say, yes, I'm him. He says, go tell John what you saw. And then he quotes Isaiah 35. You've seen Isaiah 35 be fulfilled. And if you go back to Isaiah 35 and read it, Isaiah says, your, behold, your God will come unto you. And when he comes, when, the, when your God, Israel's God comes, when the saga, you're going to see these things. You see, all the miracles Christ was doing had nothing to do with just trying to make people well. If that's what he'd go into the hospital and you know, get all that, that's what, if, if the popular idea about the healing stuff, you know, ain't till his toenails busted, so let's pray God heal a toenail. No, he fixed your, but you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Your body can do that. But the, the, the healings, the, 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 the raising, all, all these things, they were the signs that the Old Testament prophets said when God shows up, that's it. So he says, John, just go remind John what the word says what he heard and what he saw. And Christ points them to the scripture. Just go back and remind John about what, the, what, what God says. So the answer in, to, the, to the doubting is obviously look to the word. But, you know, the, the issue of doubting, of, of questioning, it's a common thing. Faith is an up and down kind of thing. One day your faith is strong and you're rejoicing in the Lord, and the next day... Not so much. And when it becomes the not so much day, then you begin to really get tripped out. So what's the answer to the what so much day? I've passed it a long time, and I'm going I'm to use an illustration. This I could multiply this time and time and time again, probably once a month at least, if not once a week. And I when I, when I preach to you about these things, I'm conscious of the fact that there are people sitting right here any Sunday that this kind of experience is yours. Maybe it isn't yours today, but it will be in the future. I can almost guarantee it if, if the Lord tears and you live long enough. 
A brother out, this an email, I'm just going to read you some out of an email. This is a brother, I've known him a long time. He, 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 he watches our studies here. He's in a grace church. He understands right division. He's a saved guy, understands his identity in Christ, understands how to study God's word rightly divided. He could sit here and you would enjoy his fellowship uh, at any level you want to discuss it in. And he writes this, thank you for your message to me. I've heard you many times in your messages using the passage in Romans 15, 13, and I've prayed over it, trusting it. I knew the moment that my wife died, that she was present with the Lord, and her sufferings were, was over, and thanked the Lord in prayer for that comfort. But my suffering has no respite. If only I could stop thinking of losing my wife, my best friend. And where is the Lord going to take me in this and through this? I have no direction or goal to work toward. The walk of faith is difficult when your entire world changes and everything in this world is a mountain to climb. I so look forward to our gathering together in Christ. Trouble is, I'm still here and my mind won't stop, won't stay focused on who I am in Christ. It always returns to the worries and the cares and the fears. Knowing my adversary is set to hurt me in any possible way, I'm old, tired, weak, and alone. I keep reading and YouTubing and praying it is a struggle. Thank you for your time and prayers to God on my behalf. I so much want to please my Savior and my Father in my walk. You ever been there? When doubts arise and fears dismay, what do you do? Well, come with me if you will. I, I just want you to understand, it's easy to, to think about the, the great gladiators of the faith and the great victories, but you have to understand, even they have the moments of despair. Go back with me to Psalm chapter 73. Asap, he was the John Sire of David. <laughs> well, I'm trying to give him something to relate to. And he, he, he's a great man in, 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 in Israel. He wrote two psalms where he expressed, talked about these things. You need to understand, people in the Bible were just real as you are. Truly, Lord, truly God, Psalm 73, is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I, had, I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He looks around about him and he sees the wicked prospering. For there is no bonds in their death. For their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with, uh, with, with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt 
and speak wickedly concerning oppression, they speak loftily. They're getting away with murder. And he, you know what it does? He gets focused on the on them, focused on what's happening out there, and he gets distracted in, in, into looking at what's out there, and it perplexes him. And he says, what's going on? How can it possibly be? Well, look down at verse number 14. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. I'm just a bugging this dude to death. And it's consumed him. And it's made him angry. And he's got his emotions going based upon what he sees out there. Doesn't look right. Verse 15, if I say, I will speak thus. Behold, I shall... I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Now there's a man under, he's filled with that perplexity. He's filled with that anxiety and resultant anger that comes from focusing on the, out, on, on, on the CNS. You see verse 17, look at the first word, until... I was under that emotional revolt. I was filled, controlled, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. Isn't that interesting? What was it that changed Asaph? He's looking at the prosperity of the wicked. It seems they're immutable, they're untouchable, and the righteous suffer. And he said, I was, I was pained by that until I went to the sanctuary of God. And I've remembered what God said. You see verse 21? Thus my heart was grieved. I was pricked in my reign. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was just a beast before thee. I'm going on human viewpoint. Verse 23, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by thy right hand. Watch, for thou guidest me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. When he turned to God's word, when he turned to what God's, God's revelation, and he saw God's plan, the distraction, the perplexity, Here's, here's where the, the answer is. In the midst of the doubts and the fears, God's word is where the answer is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where you turn. Now come over to ch chapter 77. Because sometimes you turn to God's word and you read God's word and you say, I know it's true, but I don't feel it. <laughs> That's what this brother is saying. I know who I am in Christ. I know what the future is. I know, but I'm old, I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm alone. Think of how often you go to bed at night and that's the emotional reality of your circumstances. Well, Asaph had that too. Psalm 77. Here he doesn't look out at people out there. Here he looks inside of himself. 
I cried. You notice in the heading, it's ASAP again. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was... Who's the focus of this? He is. He's focused on himself. Verse 7, will the Lord cast off forever? Will he be favorable no more? In his mercy, clean is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forever? I mean, is he ever going to help me? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? I mean, this, this dude's in, he's in trouble <laughs> emotionally. He thinks God's forsaken. Where is he? I need help. Verse 10, and I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years at the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all my thy works and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as God, a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among thy people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. When he turned to God's word, when he turned to all the things that God had said, and notice he says, I remember them, and then I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to focus. They're not just going to be something in my mind. They're going to be my conversation. They're going to be what fills my life. The cure for doubts and fears is to remember is remembering God's Word and trusting God's Word, believing God's Word. The thing that fills you with the joy and the peace is not just in knowing it, but it's in believing it. And believing it in the dark days, believing it when it doesn't feel in your circumstances like it's true. Because even Asap, when he focused on himself, got there. When he focused on what's out there, got there. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday to those who visit mickey d's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee give this mickey d's brew a second chance the glow up was real try any size iced coffee brewed with 100 arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m and pair it with a savory sausage mcmuffin with egg for 279 prices and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer the thing that rescued him was a focus on God's word. 
if you struggle, you struggle with sin in your life, you struggle with failure, you struggle with misdirected ambition. When you struggle with things and you say, I don't need to do this, I don't want to do this, and you focus on you, it's in turning to him. I talked with someone recently, and they're addicted to some sinful lifestyles. And they said, I just can't stop. It just comes up, and I just do it. And no, it wasn't him. <laughs> I'm talking about any of you, okay? Just get that clear. Hey, and I, 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 I said, well, walk me through how this failure happened. And he walked, you, walk, you, you see, when there's a, a sinful habit, it's a habit. How do you stop a habit? Well, you stop and then do something to put it in its place. You put off the old and you put on the new. If you don't put on the new, the old won't go away. If you go out to the airport and you got a ticket to go to Detroit, you got to go to the right gate. When you get to the right gate, you're on the right airplane, you can sit back and relax. The plane's going to get you there. But if you don't want to go to Detroit, you want to go to Miami, don't go to the gate that the plane's leaving for Detroit. Say, I'm not going there. I'm going to this other one. So you stop going. You say, I'm going, uh-oh. For years, 30-plus years, I've flown to Detroit almost every month to make the TV program. It was gate number nine. Well, I went out there one time to gate number nine because that's where I've always gone. Got on an airplane, went to Kansas City because they weren't going to Detroit out of that gate that day. And this was before the COVID stuff and the 911 stuff where they didn't check you quite as well. And I'm on the airplane said, and they're announcing going to Kansas City. And I'm saying, that's a strange go to Kansas City to go to Detroit. Never did that before. Got next to me and says, we ain't going to Detroit, dude. We're going to Kansas City. I said, I got a ticket that says Detroit. And the cabin attendant, she says, well, but we're going to Kansas City. It was the best trip to Detroit I ever had, by the way. When we landed in Kansas City, the guy, they used to have the red coat guys. There were two red coat guys there to take me. They were holding a plane to Detroit to put me on it, and I got a first-class seat. Now, I can guarantee you there is no record of that ever happening. That's gone. But it all happened because I went to the wrong – I went to the gate I was used to going to, but it wasn't where I needed to go. What you do with sinful habits is you interrupt the pattern and say, when your conscience alerts you, you stop. You don't just say, oh, well, I'm already down. I'm halfway there. I might as well keep going. You put off. The grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldliness, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm going to do. And put on righteousness, godliness, hope. That's, that's how grace teaches you. It doesn't say you, you're never going to do it. It says when you do, because you still got that old, old, that old sinful habituated lifestyle in you. You know that. We call it the old man. But what do you do? Calvary says you're dead to sin. And when you're dead, you're free. So when those mental thoughts come, and they always start in your mind, in your thinking, and you surrender in your mind and your thinking to them. If you're focusing on yourself or circumstances, doubts and fears are going to rise and fill your life. 
But when you stop and you say, "That's wait a minute, that right there is why Jesus Christ died for me, is why he set me free, made me dead to sin and alive unto God, I'll deny that and live in the, rea- the, the present reality of who I really am. There's where the victory is. That's the believing. You have to do that oftentimes, like I said, that in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the way you feel about it. First Thessalonians 2 verse 13 you just look back there at it because it's a verse you need to always look at. First Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also, thank we God, without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, they received it, they listened to it, they got it. This doesn't happen if you don't, rec- if you don't get some of the book in your mind, it doesn't happen. You don't, get, you don't get doctrine out of God's Word by osmosis. You don't get it by inheritance. You get it by personal study, personal intake of the truth of God's Word. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It takes some personal intake. Listen, if the only intake of God's Word you get is here on Sunday, thank God you get it here on Sunday, but you need more. Our teaching, Alex's teaching, my teaching, and the other brothers, is simply to help you in your studies. We want you to be able to study for yourself, understand for yourself, so you can make decisions for yourself about life. And listen, dudes, you live in life. What you're living right now is life. This is meant to live there. So they receive the word, not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you that what? What is it? that activates the energizing power of the Word of God in your life. It's believing it. Joy and peace in believing. That's the key. So the issue of doubts, what does it do? It attacks the ability of the Word of God to impact your life and your experience. Come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. For we have this treasure. What's the treasure? Well, in verse 6 is the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In earthen vessels, God didn't put it in golden chalices. He put it in an earthen vessel. One guy said that means a clay pot. And another guy says, yeah, a crack pot. (laughs) He didn't put it in you thinking you were going to be the issue. That the excellency of the power might be of God. There's an excellency of the power of God's word working in you. And it's not your resources. It's not the earthen vessel. It's what's in it. We're troubled on every side. There's reality in, in experience, but not distressed. There's the joy and peace in believing. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. That's the contrast. There's the earthen vessel. There's the excellence of the power of God. Verse 15, for all things are for your sake, that the abundant great. Now, by the way, 
when it says for all things are for your sake, he's not talking about everything that happens in life. He's talking about the things that he just listed for you in verse 8 to verse 14. All these things that happen in Paul's life. Paul is, a, is our pattern. He's our example. That's why it says back in chapter 1, for the sufferings of Christ abound in us, as the, the so the also the consolation also aboundeth in Christ. Whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering. Or whether we be comforted, it's for your consolation. Paul understood that his life was 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 a living example of how our lives, as members of the body of Christ, were to function. So he he says, all these things have happened to me, but it's happened. For your benefit, so that you could see God's grace working in the reality of life. It's not just a theory. There it is in life. It's what it looks like in flesh and blood. Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. They see it working in Paul. They give thanks to God for his goodness and God's glorified. Now verse 16, for which cause we faint not for the glory of God, we don't faint. You know why you don't quit? Because of him. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, when the outward man perishes, I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm alone. The inward man is renewed. What's going to change it? It's the inward man. Can I tell you that? doesn't happen just like that. You don't get tired, weak, and alone like that. And the inner man is renewed, but that renewal doesn't go, this is not instant, this is life experience. Suffer word of exhortation, folks. What happens is the power of God's word works, but just because you're, when you're, your emotions, take, take the emotion of grief like this brother was going through. We sorrow not as those who have no hope. Doesn't mean we don't sorrow. You could, you will experience all the emotions that are normal in, in in response to the circumstances you're in. The key is when you think about things based on sound doctrine, based on the light of the, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, then your thinking process takes over and changes. So for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal glory, while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. I ask that question over and over. How can you see something you can't see? Hold your hand here, come with it, Hebrews chapter 11. Okay, I'm going to stop that right there. That's about 35 minutes. The whole uh, sermon teaching by Pastor uh, Richard Jordan is about a little bit over an hour uh, long. So it's worth listening to. It's over an hour long. And uh, so I just decided to just play 35 minutes of it. But just listening to that, I wanted to show you by this teaching and what he is saying, the majority of the majority of believers, and I mean this very sincerely, the majority of believers, if they're honest with themselves and not living in no delusion, struggle 
with doubt, struggles with fear, struggles with certain habits. Some are more deeper than other in situations. And what happens with believers, and I'm guilty of this myself, we try to walk in a way like nothing doesn't touch us, or nothing doesn't bother us, or nothing doesn't really affect us through calamities and through certain tragedies, or suddenlies, I like to call it. But one thing I, I am learning, and I put emphasis on still learning, to try to control, is my flesh. Let me say that again. The struggle that I'm having, I'm sure quite a bit of you as well, believers, the church, the body of Christ, is trying to put a handle on, is my flesh. Now, what he was mentioning there, which uh, a light bulb came on, and it helps me a lot, when he said the majority of the time we're going through something or something, whatever like that, or some type of struggle or habit or doubt or fear. The main focus is on ourself. Not saying, that, excuse me, that's all wrong, but the focus is mainly on ourselves, our struggles, our habits, and our hurts and our fears. Now, all of these things are real. But as we notice, all of those things that we're struggling with is emotions and the flesh. I always often put emphasis on the spirit man. Strengthening the spirit man. Teaching the spirit man. Helping the spirit man. Sometimes as believers, we focus more on how to keep the flesh under control. Which is nothing wrong with that. But when we do a lot of focusing on the flesh sometimes... That does not help the spirit grow. And sometimes the flesh get weaker because we wind up doing the same things. Now it's okay. I'm not saying while we're on this earth as believers, we shouldn't try to uh, keep our flesh under control and try to work on certain things and don't and, and this and that or whatever like that. I'm not saying don't do that. But sometimes we, we make it a burden of focusing on how we're going to stop doing things and what we're going to do to try to stop this instead of just going to the word of God or go through prayer and try to replace our thought patterns with the word of God or something else. We totally do the opposite. We focus on our struggles, real struggles now in our habits and our fears and our emotions. Okay. And we neglect the word of God. And I'm talking about me, you know, I use myself in this as well. And uh, when you admit these things, God can work with you. When you admit certain things about yourself, even though he knows this already, that's, that's one way to help us grow, to help us grow and get stronger in the Lord, whatever we're going through. Like I, uh, when I opened up earlier, I said a lot of people are struggling with different type of hurts because they lost loved ones in 2022. And they're still hurting. They lost loved ones. And all of it wasn't because of tragically getting shot or, you know, they was real sick. Some people lost loved ones with suddenlies. Some people lost loved ones maybe with the flu or the COVID or whatever like that. They lost loved ones. 
for one reason or the other. I don't want to get into details. And people are hurting. They're struggling. And they don't know how to cope. And as a believer, we doubt God sometimes, not doubt God and his belief. We just doubt, well, maybe I'm supposed to go through this. You have some believers that teach that you're not supposed to go through nothing. You're just supposed to walk through it with faith and ignore your feelings and your emotions. Then you got the other one saying, well, it's good to be down and now to just get in your hole and just cry, cry, cry and stay in a hole. So you got different ways. And then you got some believers that just ignore it. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Like it's not happening. See, and that's a pr- issue, problem with all of that, because what we should be doing is going back to the word, like he said, like that instantly. Now, I know it's more easy. It's more, it's not easier said than done, you know, for a lot of us. He, he hit a lot of points. And I love his country accent style, that Mobile, Alabama style. <laughs> He's from Mobile. And uh, that, that Southern accent. I like a lot of Southern accent preaching when they're preaching the truth, of course. And uh, not hooping and hollering and screaming and all that Southern Baptist style, Pentecostal stuff. But teaching and preaching the word of God. That's why he hits a lot of verses. Pastor Richard Jordan used a lot of scriptures to back up what he is saying. Now, nobody's perfect, but he does use a lot of scriptures, and I like that. It inspires me to do the same thing. Well, anyway, I'm not going to hold you no much longer, but I want it uh, any much longer, but I won't. I hope this gives you an uplift that God is still on the throne, like I always use, because we don't feel him like he mentioned one time. Does not mean he's not there, because we don't see him does not mean he's not there. Because we don't hear him does not mean he's not there. He's there. So I always, often put, I keep saying always, because I don't always, but I often, when I talk, when I do podcasts, whether it's Body of Christ Real Talk or whether it's Connected to Dots, I always put emphasis on, unless I lose my train of thought, I always put emphasis on the majority of the word of God, you have to believe by faith, not your feelings or your emotions, because feelings and emotions can and will deceive you. You have to believe God. You have to have to work through your feelings with your faith, with your belief, with your trust. All of those mean the same things, faith, belief and trust. 
not denying that you hurt and you're struggling. No, God is not saying that. He understands that he gives us time to mourn. But it's also time for us to just get up and just say, okay, let me focus on the word of God and ask God, how can I get through this? Why I'm hurting? Because some hurts don't go away, but you can get through them. You understand what I'm saying, whoever's listening. You understand what I'm saying. So don't deny you hurting. Just don't babysit it. You, you move on and you acknowledge that it's real, but it's only temporary. Let me say that again. Yes, you acknowledge that it's real. You don't deny it. You can't deny it anyway. But always remember, it's temporary. The only reason it doesn't feel temporary because we think about it every day and we sleep on it. And we come with doubts and no hope and whatever like that. Then it seems like a long time. The problem is not the hurt is not real. The problem is that the problem is not that the hurt's supposed to go that long. It always got. It, it has to do to how much we think about it and how much we give pre, uh, how much we give power to it to control our thoughts and our emotions. Okay, so. I'm talking bad spirits because when he said when a struggle come or a habit come or fear come, a lot of times you just say, okay, here it come again. I'm just going to give in and just, you know, ask God to help me through it or whatever like that. What he is saying is when that, when we struggle with habits, when we struggle with thoughts or sins, when we struggle with it, sometimes we just give up and give in when we know it's coming. And a lot of times it happens when you are alone, you're by yourself. I know it does with me. I study getting into the word and getting on my knees and praying, getting into the word or watching some uplifting, uh, listen to some uplifting music or whatever, reading like that. I give in to it because my flesh loves to sin. My flesh loves that habit, but the spirit man hates it. Your flesh loves it. Don't think that's you. That's the flesh. And I'm talking to believers. That's why Paul talks about that in Romans 7 when he struggled. The things that he don't want to do, he wind up doing it. And the things he know he should do, he don't do it. Why? It's just like that old saying, you know, you got the devil on one shoulder, you got the angel on another shoulder. Yes, that's fictional, but it's some truth in that. It's a lot of truth in that, you know. And I'm just using this as an example. So we're going to struggle with our flesh. We're going to struggle with our mind. Yes, our sins have been dealt with over 2,000 years ago. The penalty of our sins, that, 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 never, that does not mean we would not sin. Long as we're on this earth, we're going to struggle with sin. We don't have to. It's a choice now. See? We're being delivered from sin or delivered from the power of sin. That means we don't have to. We don't have to give in to it. But the majority of the time, we do. We do. Okay? And it becomes a burden. And then we lose hope and then we start doubting. But there's always victory. We just don't know that because we don't do the things what the Word of God tells us to do. Prayer. Study the word of God. We got to just replace those certain things in our lives with the word of God and study or something uplifting. Some people might have to get out more. Some people might have to do this. Some people might have to have certain scriptures they want to read to uplift them. You know, the, uh, 
the hall of fate, which is in Hebrews, he was going to get into. All of these giants in the Bible that struggled, they doubted, they had fear, but they went through it with their fear because they knew God was on the throne. They knew God would get them through that, through their fears, through their troubles. They knew that. I know that, but I still fear. I know that, but I still doubt once in a while because that's the flesh in me. That's my emotions. Your soul is your emotions, your intellect and whatever like that. That's, that, that's, that's there, you see. Until all of that be renewed, my body, my emotions, my spirit man is already renewed. My soul is not yet, but my spirit man is. My soul is not renewed, so I still get that stinking thinking and those thoughts in my head and struggles once in a while that I can't stand. I hate. I as in the inner man. I, I as is the new spirit man. Not my flesh, because my flesh love everything that I hate. Let me say that again. The flesh loves everything that you hate. So it's like that battle in Romans 7 with the inner man and the outer man. The inner man battling against the outer man. The outer man against the inner man. The outer man is your flesh, your human nature. The inner man is your new rejuvenated spirit man. If we struggle with that, just imagine the ones that don't have no consciousness there for the ones that's unsaved. I'm talking to the unsaved as well. You don't even have a renewed spirit, so you're totally dominated by your flesh. You have avenues as uh, rehabs and different things like that, but you still is in control of your flesh. Your flesh, your sin nature is still have dominance over you. You don't have enough. You don't have a choice. The believer has a choice. He don't have to sin. If he sin, he chooses to because of the flesh. Okay, I'm, I don't need to do extra teaching. He's done enough teaching already, but I don't want believers feeling bad or dismayed because they doubt and you're hurting and you, you know, you lost a loved one and it's hard to get over it. Whether it's a husband, a wife, or a grandma, or auntie, those are real. It's okay. It's okay, but never forget that we serve a God. God is there. He understands our hurts and he understands our sorrows when we go through them and we're going to. That's why I like to encourage people, try to read and study your Bible. Mainly study your Bible if you have a Bible. Study your Bible. Talk to God. You don't have to have a, a, a outrageous, you know, theologian type of oracle prayer. No, talk to God like me and you talk to each other. Tell God about your pain and hurts. Ask him to show you what scriptures and verses to go to if you don't understand the Bible. Seek out help. Look for someone to teach you how to understand the Bible. But when you just sit there and do nothing, nothing in God is going to happen. It's almost like he has nothing to work with because you ain't studying the Bible. You don't pray. You don't do none of that. But you want to wait and go to heaven and want God to get you out of things. But you don't study. You don't try to get understand the Bible. So you're going to face more struggles and hurts and attacks with anxiety and pain and stuff like that. Because you never read the word. Or you don't read it enough by studying it. I put a lot of emphasis on studying the word. 
studying the word is very important. When you study God's word, if you don't know how to study, there's many tools and many people out there to help you. But you just got to want to. There is help. But sometimes we don't do it the right way. We try to do things our way by focusing on ourselves too much. Self, 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 me, 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 me. And there is an answer. God's word always has an answer. But we put our flesh and our ways in front of him. And we play fake. We play phony. It's okay. We grow as we study God's word. I struggle with certain habits. I can't stand. But I got to remember, it's the flesh. It's not my inner man. It's not the rejuvenated man. It's not that quickened man. It's the flesh. Before I got saved, I had habits. Those habits just don't go away unless I replace it with the word of God. And some things I just haven't replaced it yet. I still give it credence. And I can admit that because I'm real. This is real talk. <clears throat> I don't try to act like I'm, I'm the most spiritual person or whatever like that. But I can tell you one thing. I have... I control my inner man over a lot of things that I used to, but certain habits are still strong. And it might be with me when I leave. But the thing is, never give up. Never give up. When he said, <clears throat> the reason a real believer continues to keep going through, even with their struggles and their hurts, whether it's physical or mentally or spiritually, because of God. God is there. It's like the footprints in the sand. He's carrying you. I'm talking about a real believer. I'm talking about a person that's really saved. It's hard for them to give up. It's hard for me to give up. That's like a, 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 a nomos for me. Not a nomos. But that's not even optional with me. I hurt. I struggle. And you know, I can't stand it, but I, I keep going. I don't I'll stop ministering the word. But at the same time, I don't try to play like I, I don't go through things. <laughs> I work through my pain. I walk through my hurt, physical, emotionally, and spiritually. Do the same. Replace your hurt and your fears. People, a lot of people struggle with fear and anxiety and panic attacks and other struggles. There is hope. Yeah, I know, you know, it's not in the medicines and all that and whatever like that. And therapy is good, you know, uh, different. I'm not knocking those. But when you are a believer, you trust more than medicines and all this other stuff over the word of God and prayer. And that's why you still struggle the most of the time with your thinking. Another way to stop and slow down, watch what you listen to on TV or music wise or people you hang around. Those are things that we can do to help us. But number one thing is the word of God. Replace it instantly. I like we said instantly. Don't babysit and think about it like I do sometimes. And you probably too. But I'm talking about me. Instantly, I need the boom, boom, boom. Instantly. Get up and just get in the word and pray. Walk up the stairs and down something. Sometimes, most of the times, I don't. I play it out because my flesh loves it. And I let my flesh take over. Whether it's thinking, whether it's struggles with type of bad habits or whatever like that, or lust or anything. You know, you feel what I'm saying? You understand, not feel, but you understand what I'm saying. I ain't mean to use that slang. 
understand what I'm saying. Whatever struggle you're going through, anxiety struggles, hurting because he lost loved ones, doubting God, questioning God, there is, is there a God? I don't question that no more, but some people do. Some believers still do. I'm going to leave you with this, and I'm, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for that word that you uh, talked to Richard Jordan, Pastor Richard Jordan. I needed to hear that more than a lot of, I'm not going to say more, but it's as much as a lot of hearers. But it's not going to work if I don't do it, if I don't apply it. Okay. So, Lord, I just pray and I just thank you for your word today and helping me to help myself with your word and my struggles and my habits and my fears and my doubts. Lord, I just thank you. Continue to be with me. Father, I pray for the ones that's really struggling, real struggles. They are hurting. They don't know what to do. They have questions. They have doubts. Men and women in the Bible was the same way. They had questions. They have doubts. As long as we are in this flesh, we're not going to see your wholeness. And not, we understand that. But we just want some clarity. We just need some hope, Lord. And I pray that you help us to learn how to strengthen our spirit, man, so we can see that hope. Fear blocks our hope. Fear blocks our faith. And Lord, I pray that you strengthen us through our struggles that we go through and that we went through. And we don't want to bring it to 2023 or no other year or day, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I just pray and I just thank you, Lord. Thank God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. I thank you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Remember, God is still on the throne. He is there even though you don't see him. He is there even though you don't feel him. He is still there even though you don't hear him. You just have to believe him. God bless you all. Peace out. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Bye-bye. Peace out. Left out, baby. know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches henson shaving.com slash holiday.